Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Titans of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. We have a very special episode for you today. We have uh, the, the, the core team from Lavongo and then that went off on their, their separate journeys and are all running uh, some great companies here today. Uh, I'll, I'll let each person, uh, starting with you, Glenn, kind of go one by one. We'll go Glenn, Jenny, Lee, and Naomi. Uh, would love to hear you know, what you did at Lavongo, what you're working on today, um, and, and anything else you want to add into your intro. Um, if you want to say something about another person, go for it. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, excited to start. We'll have you uh, kick things off, Glenn. Great. Well, thanks, Jared. And it's really great to be here. I'm really excited to be kind of reunited with uh, the team from Livongo, although we spend a lot of time talking with each other, coaching each other, and, uh, and having fun with each other. So my background, currently I'm the chief executive officer of a company called Transparent. And Transparent is focused on creating a new, different, and better health and care experience that puts people back in charge of their care and aligns with the people who pay for care. That's all of us and the companies we work for. And my background, uh, of course, was Livongo, a big part of it, where I was able to work with uh, probably the most incredible team ever assembled in healthcare, especially in digital healthcare. And before that, I was fortunate to run a number of public and private companies um, my start in healthcare came with a company called Enterprise Systems, which was focused on hospital resource management. I then went to a company that was a little better known called Allscripts. And at Allscripts, we were focused initially on electronic prescribing. And then we moved from there. We kind of grew into an electronic medical record and then an electronic health record. And then, of course, came Livongo. And along the way, I'll mention that uh, I've been probably for 30 years or more been working with one of your other guests today, Lee Shapiro, in a venture firm that we run together called Seven Wire Ventures. So I think that's plenty. And I'll leave a little time, even though it's hard for me to do, for the other speakers on. Uh, thanks, Jared. And um, I want to echo the gratitude for being on with uh, this esteemed group of colleagues, but more importantly, friends. Um, I'm currently Chief Executive Officer of a company called Homeward Health, where we are re-architecting the delivery of care and health in rural America. Prior to launching Homeward, I served as the president at Livongo. Prior to that, I was a Chief Medical Officer at a company that Naomi actually helped create and launch called Castlight Health. And I'm by way of background and training, I'm an internal medicine doctor and a health services researcher. So a geeky doc who likes numbers. Um, and it has been a, a true pleasure to get to be uh, in, in the co cohorts of digital health as digital health has evolved over the past many years. Um, being on with Glenn, Lee, and Naomi, I uh, couldn't pass up the opportunity to say a little bit about each of them, So, or maybe what I learned from them, which is from Glenn, I learned to believe in the unbelievable. Um, that's the only way you can make it happen. From Lee, I learned to understand what is true and what is not true. And from Naomi, <laughs> I learned how to get stuff done. And so this is a team, a powerful team of really strong attributes that was, you know, did very well together as a group. Well, it's great to follow Jenny in terms of these introductions and so much fun to be here with everyone. Jared, thanks for getting this organized. Um, Lee Shapiro, I'm a recovering lawyer, um, practiced for a number of years actually before investing in and 
working with Glenn over the course of 30 years, as he mentioned, in companies like Enterprise Systems, Allscripts, and our fund at Seven Wire Ventures. Um, we provided the earliest money um, into an interesting technology that became the core of what we built at Livongo. I was on the board, um, served on the Audit and Compensation Committee, and one day, having stepped out of a meeting for a little too long, I came back to find that um, I was then the CFO of Livongo and really had a chance to work so closely with Naomi, Jenny, and Glenn, Zane Burke, and many others on the team in terms of taking the company public, um, leading our secondary offering, convertible debt offering, and ultimately the merger with Teladoc. Awesome. Thank you. What a pleasure to round out this uh, set of introductions. Uh, my name is Naomi Allen. I'm the CEO of a company called Brightline. We're the first national pediatric-focused mental health offering that's scaled across America to support uh, families with children up to age 18. And uh, it's been such a pleasure getting to work with Jenny, Glenn, and Lee in, in multiple different capacities now. Um, I started in healthcare in 1996. I was working first in hospital systems at the Hospital of University of Pennsylvania before medical records were a thing. And I really fell in love with technology in, in the mid 90s. Um, spent most of my uh, career in the, in the 2000s uh, really focused on orienting more towards how uh, technology can help scale innovation within healthcare. I uh, was a founder at a company called Castlight in 08, was there through our IPO. And while I was at Castlight, uh, we built launched one of the first nationally scaled behavioral health offerings. Um, after Castlight, I built a couples therapy company and was, was in the midst of, of taking that to market when Jenny called me up and said, hey, uh, I've got this really amazing business I'm helping to grow Livongo. You should come over and, and have a conversation with the team. And uh, by absolutely, like, one of the best things I've ever done in my career is the chance to partner with these three folks in building Livongo. So great to be here with you all. Thank you. Yeah, you're, all of your stories are so interesting, and it's great to see how you're still all, which isn't always the case, right, when you're building businesses together, but you're all still friends, um, which that's, you know, that's super impressive, because um, I know you've probably, uh, you've experienced a lot together, and um, it's it was so great, by the way, Jenny, hearing you say what you've learned from each person, um, and, and also seeing them on my end, the smiles that uh, that, that brought to everyone. So So thank you for sharing that. In, in terms of uh, I, my next like question, I'd like to kind of go through, and we can start with you again, uh, Glenn. Just kind of keep this rotation going if that works. But clearly, your your time together sparked something, and you know, it's it would be really great that if you could share. Basically, I know you all mentioned what you're working on at a high level, but one to two lines about your current companies that you're you're working with. Um, what, what problems you're solving and why you chose to solve that problem uh, would, be, would be really interesting for, for myself and our audience to hear. Well, I think um, I want to start with a comment on the group, and that is you have a number of people who are really focused on making a difference. Um, we all value our time and we value how we use it. We value who we work with. So that core trust and that alignment of values is really critical. So I think when you hear all of us describe our companies, it's about making a difference in an important part of healthcare that's being underserved today. And that's pretty much all of healthcare. So at Transcarent, our idea was, how do we make it easier for people to stay healthy? 
how do we make the system easier? And we look at that and we really say, you know, transparent, the everyday interaction with healthcare um, is very difficult for people. And we wanted to change that experience and have one place to go. So all you need to do is pick up your phone, look at your phone, it logs you on, and you can do everything you need to do every day, talk with a physician in 60 seconds, book an appointment, you can get your medications at lower cost, you can schedule care at home. If you need surgery, you can actually get quality information about that surgery. And in many cases, the employers we work with, and that's our primary source of who we're working with today, now expanding to the government and other entities as well, but if you use Transparent, they'll make your care free. Um, why? Because they believe that getting people quality care, making sure they need that care and making it affordable is core to what they want to deliver for their employees and their families. So we have a number of those different benefits that we offer. We put it all in one platform, if you will, and make it easier for people to get their care. And that's what people want. They want really unbiased information, they want trusted guidance, and they want easy access to care. We have that in every other industry um, and just not in healthcare. And at Transparent, we want to bring that to healthcare. So that's the problem we're trying to solve. And it's also about equity and access. And that is if you are at some of our larger employers, like a Target, whether you're the CEO or working um, in a store, stocking shelves, or driving a truck, um, your cost of care is the same. Your cost of surgery is the same. And that is they waive co-pays and co-insurance. Um, and that makes healthcare equally affordable, quality healthcare for everybody. And so that's really core to what we're doing. We thought it was an important problem to solve. And you know we're building a team, just like we had at Livongo, of committed people who want to make a difference. So that's a... Uh, a kind of a quick overview of what we're focused on at, at Transparent. Thanks, Glenn. Love to kick it over to you now, Jenny. Uh, thanks for the question. Um, so after Lee orchestrated the uh, transaction uh, with Lovango, um, I left the company and spent a little time at General Catalyst working with Hema Tanasia, who was um, one of Glenn's co-founders for Lovango. I'm really thinking through what are big broken problems in healthcare today. And out of that exercise, and after my co-founder, Amar Kendale, who ran, was a chief product officer at Livongo, after he um, was, was free from day-to-day -day operations uh, in his work, work world, um, we put our heads together and said, you know, it looks like uh, healthcare delivery in rural America is not kind of broken, it's massively broken. It's broken to the tune of higher mortality of 23% if you live in a zip code that's designated as rural, independent of your economics. And so, and I grew up in um, a, a town called Winona, Minnesota in the southeast corner of Minnesota. So this is where I'm from. I'm from rural America. And we started to put our heads together and say, well, what? why is it so broken? And we learned that the number one reason that healthcare delivery in rural America is non-sustainable is an access issue. Providers don't go to practice in rural America because the fee-for-service reimbursement structure is not sustainable for them to deliver care. So we put our heads together and said, well, what can we do that's different? And with the background and training of the founding team, 
we said we can leverage technology to scale services in a way that's not been done before. And we had a number of proof points coming out of Livongo as to how technology can actually scale services and deliver clinical outcomes at a lower financial cost. So we went and developed this company called Homeward. And the goal of Homeward, as I stated before, is to re-architect the delivery of care and health in rural markets. And where we're starting is we're entering as an in-network provider. We're taking care of Medicare beneficiary, Medicare eligible beneficiaries and partnering with the health plans to own the cost of care for those individuals and the clinical outcomes. And so we're going live, as this team knows, we're launching um, in a couple weeks in the Midwest. And so could not be more excited to actually be in market and start to service individual people. It's really exciting, Jenny. And I'm actually hoping to visit you at one of those uh, county fair events in Michigan. Um, so that should be fun. And I'll talk a little bit about, about Seven Wire. Um, and when Glenn and I first started investing, uh, we did it with an idea that you could use technology to address broken business process. And some 25 years ago, um, when we came to healthcare, we realized that there was enough broken process to last us a lifetime. And we've been doing this for a while now in addressing these challenges. And it's what both Glenn and, and Jenny said, and, and what Naomi will tell about her story, is that lived experience um, shows that there are so many challenges that we face as consumers of healthcare. We make it too hard for people to get the care they need. And whether that's for individuals who are trying to help their parents live longer and independently at home, whether that's for individuals who are facing a scary diagnosis of, of cancer, whether they're individuals with diabetes, as we've talked about with Livongo and now another company that we back called 9AM Health, or individuals who have GI conditions, like there is a target-rich environment for us to be supporting great entrepreneurs who are working in ways to help address these challenges. So we're investing along with some wonderful partners, what we call our Connected Consumer Coalition, that include great health plans like Cigna, Florida Blue, Horizon Blue, many other blues plans, Spectrum Health in Michigan, um, organizations that represent some of our leading health systems, Memorial Hermann, Houston Methodist, Alina, Rush Healthcare in Chicago, Atlantic Health, um, all of whom have a similar interest in trying to find ways to help extend the reach of care to where we spend most of our time. 99% of our time is spent navigating care on our own and 1% of our time with medical professionals, um, hopefully if we're um, dealing with health in a normal situation. And so we want to keep our health kind of in the background, if you will. We want to be healthy, but go on with our day-to-day -day lives. And Seven Wire is supporting companies that, that do that. And we're really proud of the companies that we get to work with and the leaders like those on this call. Jared, you were, you were probably wondering why I was laughing when Lee started. I wasn't laughing at him. Well, I kind of was. But when he said, we can't wait to be at a county fair, I just I was remembering uh, a time when I had to, Lee had to stand in for me at a rodeo kind of event. And it was the biggest scene from City Slickers you had ever seen. He had to buy <laughs> cowboy boots and seeing Lee on a horse, not able to use his cell phone. I was just 
glad he survived that. But uh, so that that's why I was laughing just well, a bit. But we we could go we could go on with county fair stories, and Glenn may be able to find while we're talking a picture of the 4-H club um, sheep, kind of record-holding sheep that he bought um, um, at a county fair. So we'll see if we can dig that out during the course of the call. Not enough time. Okay, Naomi, you better take over here. It's getting it's getting tough. There's, there's like literally no way to follow that. So uh, I'll bring us back, Jared, I promise. Um, so... You know, I think there's so many <laughs> there's so many things that were really fundamental in in you know in our Livongo experience that shaped the way I've been building Brightline. Um, and you know, Glenn touched on one of them, but for me, the the, the founding story behind Brightline. Um, my son, a number of years ago, had a, an acute onset um, pediatric mental health condition called Pandas, and and we were trying to get support for him. And actually, while we were taking Livongo public, it was getting more and more critical that we find services for him and uh, and very, very difficult to find appropriate care. And, you know, our family is very fortunate in that we live in an area with a, a reasonable number of clinicians and pediatric trained therapists and psychiatrists. We have enough financial means. And so, you know, I, I just kind of stepped back and said, why is it so incredibly hard for us to find high quality uh, care and access. We were sitting on wait lists for six, seven, eight months for my son. And, um, you know, and, and so really rooting in a lot of what I learned at Livongo was around putting the member first and really thinking through, um, you know, first principles of really designing uh, a care delivery system around the, the consumer, the connected consumer, as Lee, as Lee references. Um, and so that's what we started with the Brightline, with the first, frankly, like three or four months of the business, very heavy. Um, interviews of families that had their own experiences in the pediatric mental health system, and then a lot of interviews with therapists around why they were not willing to go work in network um, for, for pediatric mental health services. Um, so that was kind of one of the, I think, core principles for us is really a member-oriented and, and lived experience um, type of product and, and company vision. You know, I think the other big thing was um, if you swing for the fences and you create a brand new category and you really think differently about uh, what does the market need, what does the space need, and designing something that's truly differentiated and visionary, um, not only is that better in terms of the level of innovation you're bringing to healthcare, but it also allows you to attract great talent and great investors and great partners. And so I think one of the things that was really special about Livongo was that, uh, you know, this and this you know, definitely preceded my my joining, but the, the amount of vision and um, really big thinking and differentiated thinking that uh, that Lee and Glenn and Jenny and others brought to the Livongo mission created this groundswell of, of interest and movement in terms of employees, in terms of partners, in terms of the investing community. And I think the companies that really nailed that early on are the ones that have an opportunity for really big impact. Um, and I think the third thing that was fundamental in terms of my learning while I was at Livongo was just the role of defining important uh, strategic partners in your go-to-market. Um, and Livongo built a really strong set of go-to-market channels um, so that it wasn't a you know necessarily a member by member, employer by employer uh, process to sign up. And so that's something that we've leaned in heavily on at Brightline as well is defining a go-to-market through a big health plan relationships where we bring the whole Brightline service through those health plans so that employers don't have to carve out and pay directly for Brightline services. It really runs through their existing health plan relationships. 
which just makes it easier for employers to provide bright line access to their employees. So I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, I think Livongo is in so many ways uh, just a real um, hotbed for great thinking and innovation for how to build sustainable businesses within the digital health community. It's, it's really interesting that in the startup community, we've taken a term like, let's say, mafia, and it's uh, a good term, right? You hear HubSpot mar uh, mafia and DECA mafia, and then I hear Livongo mafia. And the, the amount of talent that has been produced directly from uh, Livongo is absolutely incredible. You know, starting these businesses is very, very difficult. And to see the level of success that each of you have had time and time again, it, it's, it's incredible. It's, um, and it shows that what you've all been saying, too, you've taken some of those lessons that you've learned from your time at, at Livongo and you've been able to um, you know, apply the parts that make sense into your current businesses. So kudos to all of you for, for what you're doing, you know, what you have done and what you'll continue to build in, in this healthcare space. In, in terms of, uh, we're going to kick back over to you, Glenn, and I want to go through a little bit about kind of the, the times that we're in. So really want your point of view on consolidation and the term that we keep hearing constantly on, uh, on every news page and every news station, um, you know, a potential looming recession. Would love to hear your thoughts on, on how it relates to the space that all of you are in. Um, sure, I'd love to comment on that. I, I want to riff just a little bit on what Naomi said about um, her personal experience, because a big part of Lavanga was personal. Um, Jenny mentioned her personal connection to rural markets and seeing the challenges in healthcare there. And Lee and I, you know, we have a few rules about investing, but one of them is we look for personal connections. So we have a great entrepreneur who struggled with OCD and started a company called No CD, Stephen Smith. And I could go on and on. David Shulkin and his daughter just came to us and they're, they're hatching a really new company that's based on her personal experience. And so making it personal, really, really important. And you mentioned leadership and leadership. Yeah, you, you start with great stock, but we were also very tough, very personal uh, very honest in giving people feedback. Um, and that's what develops great leaders in giving them responsibility. And I'll give Naomi credit for one other thing, and I use it a lot. Actually, there's two that I use. One I, I stole, and that is healthcare is more confusing, complex, and costly than ever. And it took her a while to teach me that, but now I use it a lot. But the other one is different, not better. And in all of our businesses, we try to be not better than the last person, but completely different. So let me pivot back to your question. And that was what's happening kind of around us today. So we hear about this recession. I think we're, we're actually manufacturing a recession by telling everyone who will listen, cut people, cut costs, spend less. And if we all follow those directions, we will have a recession on our hands. Now, that said, what's the market for companies like the ones we're building? I think it's still great. And great companies get built in recessions because what you do is you're especially careful about how you spend money. You make sure that you have great solutions and your buyers are really careful about what they buy. So you have to have a strong ROI in terms of what you're doing 
a strong ability to prove quality, and you have to make it an experience that people enjoy because they're already stressed. And those are kind of core elements to what we do. So, um, you know, I hear about, you know, kind of the bubble and digital. We see that the public companies have all been hit. But I think, and I'm sure Lee will comment, what we've seen is a great environment to build great companies. And, you know, Naomi uh, just uh, did a, a great round. We were, we were uh, pleased to participate. I think you'll see companies in the midst of this challenging environment do great things, go out and raise money, and people say, how, they, how did they do that? And the answer is because they have great value propositions in markets that need, need help. So that's, that would be my cut at where we are today. I think there's more opportunity than ever in healthcare, but I do think there were some companies that were overvalued. Um, I think there's other companies that will prove that the valuation they received was absolutely right. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that we covered a couple of things because we've seen many of these cycles. As we mentioned, we've been doing this for a while, and there's been three or four of these cycles that we've seen before. Um, valuations will ebb and flow, um, but the fundamentals in the market are such where you, you look at where we are with healthcare today, 20% of our gross domestic product, we can't continue to spend at the rate we're spending. So what has to change? We have to find ways to not only improve the quality of care, because for as much as we spend in the U.S., we don't deliver outcomes as good as we know they could be by looking at what other countries do. And part of this is because we spend so much more on, on treatment and a lot less on prevention. We're not doing the work that we could be doing up front in making sure that we keep people healthy as opposed to treating them when they're sick. And so with that in mind, this environment is going to lead to more consolidation. We're starting to see it already um, because some of the companies that are going to continue to grow in this market that have raised monies when valuations were high will be able to consolidate and acquire some smaller companies. Um, I also think that the need for what it is that's being provided in healthcare is more important when you look at, at these recessionary trends. Um, speaking earlier today with the CEO of a large health system, they're getting squeezed. On the top side, they have less revenue coming in. On the bottom side, their costs are going up. There's a nursing and provider shortage. In fact, that's also squeezing revenue because they're not able to literally fill all the beds they could fill because they don't have enough people to staff them. In that environment, they have to think differently, not better, but differently about how do you provide care to where people are and let them be healthy at home. And that's so much of what Jenny's doing in rural communities and what Naomi's doing in terms of helping kids with special needs and their family, their caregivers, meeting them where they are. And I think that that's going to drive a continued level of investment in great companies that can always raise money in any economic circumstance. Valuations may not be what they were a year, a year and a half ago, but they'll still raise money and they'll be there for the long run. And this is a long-term game. Jenny, back to you. Thanks, Lee. I would, I would only add one other small piece, which is you know, the the bad and the good news is that in healthcare, there's an inordinate amount of waste. And so that gives a great opportunity to make things more efficient. And, you know, one of the reasons healthcare has been so out of whack is economic incentives have not been aligned. As Lee was saying, 
you know, you get in a fee for service world, you get paid to continue to do your services independent of actually making somebody better. And we're seeing the tide turn to taking responsibility for that whole continuum of care or owning the outcomes and owning the costs associated with that. And that, I think, is a major step forward in the economics of healthcare. And the recession pressures on that expedite that. So I think that's a really good thing for healthcare. And it's something to look forward to coming out of uh, this economic yeah, what, a couple of comments that I'll add. One is, I think it's healthy, um, kind of where we are in terms of the macroeconomic environment and the implications for early stage companies. And it's healthy for a few reasons. One is, um, I think that I was at a conference uh, a couple of months ago that Glenn was speaking at. And I think, Glenn, you made the comment around, it's, it's important for CEOs to always be thinking about how do you deliver returns for your shareholders and investors? And I think in a world where the valuations are just skyrocketing um, and, and, and really outstripping revenue and margin and uh, profitability, I think it's very hard for, for CEOs to attain that. Um, so I think we're actually now entering a phase where we're getting into a bit more rationalization in the market with respect to valuations. I think that's a good thing overall. Uh, the second thing is, I do think that there is an increased scrutiny, at least uh, what I'm seeing in the behavioral health space on not just providing access, but on providing quality. Um, and so as companies uh, think about their subsequent funding rounds, the, we, the bar is higher for what you have to demonstrate in order to get really good valuations and, and subsequent funding and, and um, you know, go to market partnerships, et cetera. And I think that's a good thing overall in terms of serving members and serving um, the community. And so I think that this increased scrutiny that comes with a tighter market with respect to fundraising is going to ultimately uh, be beneficial for the U.S. healthcare system. I have, thank you, Naomi. Thank you all for your, your uh, thoughts on kind of where the space is at today. I have one more thing I want to cover with everyone today before we wrap things up. And I guess for, and anyone else, but for Glenn and Lee in particular, if you want to comment twofold on both the, from like the seven wire point of view, but then also, um, Glenn, like transparent, where in this this climate, where are you that you can discuss? Where are you looking to invest internally? And then what areas of the space that you're in um, on like on the investing side outside of your company? Are you are you liking even in this current environment? Well, I think there's always opportunities for investment, um, as Naomi uh, commented before, as you looked at the opportunity to put companies together, some were priced so high and maybe worse than being priced so high, they actually believed that they were worth those dollars. Um, that made it impossible to look at potential consolidation. So I think now companies have been repriced um, and there is some of digital healthcare is on sale. You know, that said, first and foremost at Transparent, we're looking at how do we invest in what we need to build um, a, an experience that people will really love. And that's most important to the extent we can add, whether they be partnerships or whether they be acquisitions um, that can further that either in terms of breadth, in terms of depth, or in terms of speed to market, we'll do that. But you know, we wouldn't go out and look for acquisitions just to acquire. But if there's things that people can bring to us, we don't have a not invented here kind of approach. 
to the world. We're happy to get technology wherever it comes from, get solutions wherever it comes from. We just want to win. And for us, winning is creating an experience that people love, maybe for the first time in healthcare and giving them access that they never had before and affordability that they never had before. And you know that, again, you'll see that across the businesses we invest in at Sevenwire. But you know, you heard Jenny say that about you know, rural healthcare folks, they don't have access. They don't have things that some of us who are fortunate to live in more populated areas or in cities, we take for granted. And they have never had that. And she's going to solve that. Naomi's solving that for people. Anybody who's had a teenager, um, an adolescent, um, or kids with behavioral challenges, I mean, you can wait months and still not get great care. So these are big, big problems that people, you know, want to go after. So I would say, you know, right now, many people are hunkering down and say, first and foremost, let's focus at home um, and let's get our own business right and working. And then to the extent it makes sense, let's look at um, acquisitions. We're, we're fortunate the folks on the phone are well capitalized and have great backing. So all of us can make those right decisions. And we're going to be, you know, uh, be very careful about how we all invest. And on the other hand, we're going to make the right investments because while other people sometimes pull back and retrench, I think all of us are saying we're going to double down on what makes sense to build great healthcare experiences. So, so I think it's a mixed bag. I think you have to be opportunistic, but you also want to make sure that you've, you've, you, you've focused on your own company first and foremost. Jared, what, what we learned from, from Jenny and Naomi um, at Castlight and Livongo and now uh, with Brightline and Homeward um, is that the formula for success is easy to say, but it's hard to execute against. You first have to create a fantastic consumer experience. You have to improve outcomes and help people and those who are sponsoring the program, those who pay for the cost of care, to recognize that those outcomes are improved, and then lastly, deliver a great return on investment to that sponsor. And so if you can find all those elements with terrific founders who have great humility and integrity and energy, um, then there's a fantastic formula for success. And that's why I know that what Naomi and Jenny are doing will be successful. Glenn, I've got a little bit of a question about, but He's got a good team around him. I think I think he might be able to make it. Um, and so when we're investing in the space, um, where are we looking at Sevenwire? Um, we're spending a lot of time in areas where there's needs, especially in underserved communities. Um, we're working with a great team that's focused on women's health, particularly for um, women in, in Gen Z age and, um, and facing some significant challenges in light of the Supreme Court's overruling Roe. And uh, we believe that um, there will be a tremendous amount of interest in finding ways for people to control their health and, and to manage their bodies and to get access to support that they need. And we as a venture community are going to be doing the things we can to support people's choices about health. Um, and that also comes down to serving other underserved communities. Um, in our black and brown communities, um, in our senior communities, 
in rural communities, as Jenny had mentioned. Um, we're thinking about things for the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, so you can see, again, so many needs, um, but where we believe that offerings like those that can come to market using a combination of technology and touch um, can have the right mix to meet that successful formula that I outlined. Thanks, Lee. We'll kick it over to you, Jenny. Internally, so for, for you and Naomi, where areas you're looking to invest internally to continue uh, moving forward? Yeah, again, I, I am um, a big, big proponent of the business I'm building, which a key component of that is around this concept of value-based care, where you're really being held responsible for the cost of the care that you're delivering and the outcomes. And so as part of that, I still spend some time with the General Catalyst family thinking through what is that? Um, what are the things within the ecosystem that could empower more people to engage in value-based care, more people to take financial risk and be held responsible for the outcomes of that care? And so that's a bet that I'm clearly making um, internally in this business, but also more broadly across the ecosystem and a couple different hats that I still wear. You know, I think for us, um, given what's going on in the United States with the youth mental health crisis and the pretty rapidly uh, evolving needs uh, across the country for pediatric mental health support, we're pretty laser focused right now on scale. Um, we, we had last, last year was our first year commercializing the business. We're a couple years old. And last year, we started to talk to health plans and employers about bringing Brightline as a solution to their employees. We had 640% uh, of, our, of our goals in terms of our commercial traction last year. So we're just laser focused on serving that, um, that membership base and, and launching and supporting the employer and helping the customers in order to bring Brightline to as many families as possible, given how much demand there is. Um, in parallel to that, we're doing a lot of work on uh, programming and also modality development. So in order to serve families effectively, innovated a bunch in terms of um, programs. And so, for example, we launched the first nationally scaled support for early intervention for autism care for kids under the age of six who are probably sitting on a wait list to even get an autism diagnosis. They often can sit for multiple years before they get a diagnosis. And then once they get a diagnosis, they can sit on the wait list in order to get into ABA therapies. And so we launched a national early intervention program um, an early intervention for autism has proven to be very effective in terms of reducing the downstream severity of autism for families. So it's a really big deal. Um, we also launched this quarter um, anxiety programs for youth that are exploring their gender and sexual identity. Um, because during COVID, what we saw was so many youth didn't have a safe place to talk about their sexual orientation, to come out to their friends. They didn't have a safe place to come out to their families. And so uh, what we saw nationally was an increase in anxiety, depression, and suicide risk amongst those youths. We're launching, we've launched actually a specialty program for anxiety and depression for those youths. So I think that's the other big thing for us is just doubling down on the, the pockets that we know are really high risk and, and key challenges for families nationally um, based on the data we're seeing come in. So that, that's where we continue to make big investments. Well, I... Thank you so much, Naomi, Jenny, Lee, and Glenn for, for joining me on Titans of Healthcare and answering all of my questions. It, it was an honor to be able to speak with all of you here today. And uh, hopefully, 
at some of the upcoming conferences, uh, I'm able to, to run into each of you in person and say hello. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for, I don't know if you're all going to it, but the health conference in uh, Vegas this year uh, should be a good one. That's Glenn's favorite place. He'll bring his sheep. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Jared. It's been great to get together and, and share some thoughts with you. And I thought we were just getting started. I thought this was multi-hour, but um, gosh, I've got so much else to say. I'll, I'll just wait till next time. We can do this again. This can be this can be a segment, <laughs> a, a once a quarter segment where we just uh, except you need the we need to see that picture of the sheep. I'm thinking we throw out the cover art. You each pick which sheep you want to identify with, and we put your names on the sheep. I think that's what we do here. Anyway, now John, John might cringe, but <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs>